I can't do this on my own. I can't do this by myself. You got to help me. You got to lead me. You got to show me who you want me to be as a father. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me. You have tuned into the Detox Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Hobbs. Thank you so much for joining me, taking time out of your day to show your appreciation and hopefully learn a thing or two while we walk on this journey together. Today is episode number 15, and it's a two-part series, and the name of this series is titled The Privilege of Being a Father. And today we're going to cover relationship with God, being an example, and leading with love. And when I upload again two weeks from today, I'm going to be covering disciplining with patience, vulnerability, and the importance of leaving a legacy. So let's just jump right into it. So why do I have a relationship with God and why do I choose to teach my son to have a relationship with God? So like I said, it is a privilege to me to be a father. It's one of the my favorite things to do. I love being a father. I've done a lot of jobs. I've done music. I've done a lot of things in my life. But being a father is instrumental to me. It has given me passion. It has it has given me drive and ambition that I don't know if I would have truly had inside of me. Well, wait. So I did have it inside of me, but it brought it out of me. And it really shined that magnifying glass on how I am and what I do with my life, the decisions I make. And what I noticed is I grew up in church. I went to church three times a week, twice on Sundays and once on Thursdays. And I grew up with that and we did that for years and years and years. And it was sometime I was just like, oh man, we're like, we got to go to church again. We just got home from church and we're going back to church. So when I thought about how I was going to raise my son or, or, or having a child in general, it, it never really crossed my mind. Hey, I want to raise them in church and be going to church three or four days a week. I stepped away from church for a really, really long time, and that's a whole nother episode that we can get into, and I'll cover that down the road. But when when I found out I was having a son, I was not living the life that a godly person would be living. I was not doing the things. I was not conducting myself with the utmost respect and conducting myself as an individual that God would really be a be proud of. And I remember uh, my son's mother, she told me it was December 6th. And she told me and and I was leaving work. And I was just like, Oh, golly, like this is this is a little bit scary. But I had a buddy who was also a mentor and we're still friends to this day. About two years prior to that, He started talking about God. I started listening because the way he lived his life was a lot different from what I was doing. And I was like, man, this guy 
is different. There's something about him that I really, really like and how he loves his wife and how he loves his kids. And me, I'm this 24 year old, just pissing vinegar. I would get angry extremely quickly. And, you know, I look at that and I saw this dude that was calm, that never talked negatively about his wife, that loved his children. And I said, you know what? I want that. I want the peace that comes from that. What do I need to do? And we started talking and he started telling me about church again, but it was a different view from the church that I grew up in. So in my mind, it was a cluster and I didn't truly understand every aspect of it, but I knew I wanted that peace. So when I started learning about Jesus in a non-denominational way, it blew my mind and I fell in love with Jesus. And when I found out I was having a son, it was about a month later because I'm scared. I'm 25, 24, 25 years old, and I'm barely making ends meet, really. I had just got a promotion, and I never really even got to enjoy this promotion. And I'm automatically paying for things that it just costs money when you have a kid. It's not free. So if you are kid free, make sure that you are financially uh, preparing. I would never say you're, far, you're fully prepared, but you're preparing for that. I was in the living room and I told God, I got on my knees and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm praying and I said, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this by myself. You got to help me. You got to lead me. You got to show me who you want me to be as a father. I know what I want to be as a father, but you have to show me. Over the years, God has revealed to me so much. He's shown me patience. He's shown me love. He showed me what great leadership is through me parenting my son. And that's why I say parenting is such a privilege. And for me, keeping God number one has helped me in my career and be able to provide for my son so that he can do things and wear things that maybe I never had the opportunity to. Not even that he's asking, just a fatherly thing. I want to take care of you. I want to love on you. I want to show you what's right and wrong. I want to be that example. So due to my own personal relationship with Christ is why I teach my son why God is so important. And I do my best and I try my best to live the life that I'm supposed to live so that God is proud of me and that my son is looking at me and saying, I want to be like that. I want that peace. When I'm mad and when I'm angry, I want to go into my room and pray about my feelings and, and come out with some clarity and come out with some guidance. Th that is what I want my son to do. And two weeks ago, we're leaving church. He's 10. He said, Dad, they were talking about being baptized. Do you think I could get baptized? And you telling me, like, for me, 
my heart exploded. My mind exploded. I almost broke down in tears because I'm like, you want to be baptized at 10 years old? One of the things I always pray for my son to have a heart for God. Always want him connected and dialed in to his creator. Regardless of what you believe in, you have to believe in something larger than yourself. You have to believe in what love is. You have to believe in what your true potential is. What is that that ultimate being that you believe in? For me, it's God. For me, it's my creator because I see my creator in nature. I see my creator in everything that I do. Even before this podcast, God, please help me convey what I want to convey on this podcast. This whole idea of a podcast was God. So if I can mirror that and if I can be an example to my son leading through love, keeping God number one, and because of my own relationship with Christ, I teach my son about Christ and it has been beneficial through my parenting. It has led me to be an example. I've had so many people, random people, family members, tell me you're a good dad. And I and initially I look at that and I'm like, what do you mean I'm a good dad? Like aren't all dads supposed to be leading it? But I had to stop myself and I have to look at some of the kids at his school. I have to look at some of the the kids on the basketball teams that he has played with. They don't have dads. They don't have an example of what love is. They don't have an example of what hard work and dedication is. And I had to look at myself and say, accept that. You're a good dad because you've put in that time. You're a good dad because you don't go home drunk every single night or you don't get drunk in front of him. These are conversations I've had with him. I stopped drinking, not because I had an issue, but because God put it on my heart to stop drinking. Him and I had a conversation about that. He's 10. He said, Daddy, you didn't really drink that much anyways. I said, when God talks to you, what was it doing? Was it benefiting my life? These are the conversations we're having. I'm being open. I'm being vulnerable. I'm talking to him about this. The music that I listen to is different. The movies that I watch in front of him and even on my own are different. When I hear him watching something on YouTube or when I see him listening to something that's not in line with what I feel like is his natural state or what it's supposed to be, I correct him. And I don't just say, turn that off. I explain to him why that is a bad thing to listen to, why that's a bad thing to watch because of what it does to our brain, what it does to our subconscious. We have these conversations, but I'm also just not listening to anything and doing anything and then changing it when he gets in the car. I am living my life as an example. He looked at a playlist of mine and he was like, dad, do you, does this guy sound familiar? I was like, he was like, oh, I looked it up on your playlist and like, he's a Christian rapper and like, This kid is looking at everything I'm doing. 
I owe it to him to be the very best high caliber example of what a man should be, a God-fearing man, and how we treat people. When we see people that might be different than us, and we see, or he comes and tells me stories about what happened at school because someone might be overweight and kids were making fun. We address those situations. We talk through those situations. And I said, you treat everyone, regardless of who they are, with respect. You be that example. You be that light. Now, can I tell him that if I'm not that example and I'm not that light to him? No, I can't. It's not do as I say, not as I do. It's do as I say, because I do what I say. You could quote that. I try to live my life as an example. And when I mess up, we have those conversations. Daddy's sorry. When he thinks I said something that is out of the character that he knows dad. Dad, why'd you say that? I said, Jeremiah, I didn't didn't say that. This is what I said. I said, it might have sounded, oh, because he understands what my character is how I am as an example, and he understands when you deter from that or when I think you deter, I want to call you out. And I give him every single right to call me out if I am presenting myself in public, in private, anything different than what I'm teaching him and telling him what to do and say. Another thing that I lead with is love. I lead with love. I might be frustrated. I might get in my moods where I'm just like, kid, will you just listen? I'm trying to prevent things in your life that I've been through. But even with that, I've had to take my time and I've had to lead with love. We were coming back. I coached a basketball team and my son is very intelligent. He's very smart. He gets great grades. I do very little help with him on homework because he comes home. It's the first thing he does. And we were we went to basketball practice and he felt like he needed to do and say things because he felt like he knew better than me, which was the coach. And when we got into my vehicle and we're headed home, I brought it up to him. And then he wants to get frustrated with me. And I told him, I said, you think you know everything. And who, I mean, we've all been there, right? Like we've all been there where we think we know everything. And, 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 you know, my dad used to tell me the same thing. Like he's like, boy, like you don't, you don't know the half of it. You haven't been through nothing. You know, you get 16, 17, 18 years old and you think you've lived life. You got friends, you got buddies, you're going to college, whatever it is, and you think you've lived life and your parents sitting up there telling you like you don't know anything right now. You don't even you haven't even begun to to learn about life. And um, it's just funny because the circle goes around and round, right? The circle of life where I thought I knew everything. And as I continue to grow, my son thinks he knows everything. And what I found out as I was growing up is like, 
my dad was right. Like I didn't know the half of what was going on, the half about hard labor, the half about um, having to swallow your pride and your ego. And I'm teaching my son that. And I have to remind myself that because during that particular situation, he got me so frustrated that I just shut my mouth. And we get inside and I say, Jeremiah, when we get inside, take your shower and go to bed. And I'm frustrated. I'm downstairs and I'm like, I drink tea. So I'm drinking some tea before the end of the night. And I'm down there and and God comes and he he talks to me. And he says, you know, you can't send them to bed like that. And I'm like, and I, and I said this back. I was like, God, just let me chill out on this one. He said, you know, he can't go to bed like that. And I know it because my, my boy is precious. And he went and showered. And when he came out, I said, Jeremiah, come down here. And I made him some tea. And we sat down, we talked about it. And I said, son, I'm not trying to tell you things to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to tell you anything that is going to hurt you. I love you. And if I'm trying to tell you something, I would like for you to just listen to me because I've probably done it and I've been through it before. And I'm trying to make sure that you have the knowledge that you're supposed to have. And he looks up at me. He was like, I understand, Dad. We finished the tea. We went to bed. That next morning, he, he uh, before school, he says, Dad, I was really mad last night. I said, I know. And he says, thank you for talking to me. And I was like, I knew you wouldn't have slept well. I knew the next day at school that was still going to be on your mind. And it was my obligation to talk to you and make sure you were good so you could have a peaceful night's rest and that you could have a good day at school the next day. I didn't want that to affect you. We're good. Daddy loves you. And he went to school and he was great. But those are those leading with love, those vulnerable moments that we're going to talk about in this next episode, leading with love disciplining with patience, vulnerabilities, and the importance of leaving a legacy. I really hope you took something from my story today. I really hope that you can take what I'm saying about my relationship with God, being an example to our kids, leading with love, and understand that us as fathers, we have an important role, a difficult, challenging role. We have a very important role of leading with love. We have a very important role of what forgiveness is, what vulnerability is. Us as fathers, we literally can craft and have the future of our kids in our hands. What are you going to do with that power? What are you going to do with that privilege of being a father? I want you to Really ask yourself these questions. It's not easy. It's very challenging at times, but it's rewarding. So part two, we're going to talk about discipline with patience, vulnerability, 
and the importance of leaving a legacy. I sure hope that you join me for this. We're going to dive into it again and we're going to close up the series on the privilege of being a father. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, peace.